friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are middle of August as we're recording this episode because, obviously, we are talking everything rom-com this month, and I think we would have been remiss to talk about rom-coms throughout the month of August and not talk about the latest adaptation of a rom-com that just dropped on Amazon Prime literally yesterday when we're recording this episode. (laughs) So um, it's probably like a buzz all over the place right now, but we are, this week we're talking about the adaptation of Red, White, and Royal Blue, which just dropped on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. This seemed like the most timely of times to watch the movie and record an episode about it. So we figured we may as well take advantage of the theme at the totally. same time and talk about well. it this week. An urge I currently share. What I need is some good old-fashioned damage control. The White House and the palace are going to release a joint statement. You've got to be joking. You can hate Prince Henry all you want. My NDA is bigger than yours. I want you to know that. You're wearing lifts. Know that too, sweetheart. You better act like the sun shines out of his ass and you have a vitamin D deficiency. Have you thought of what you might say to convince the world that we're actually friends? I love hanging out with this guy. Um, for anybody who's not, yeah, that's it, not aware, uh, the movie dropped, that's it, yesterday on August 11th when we're recording this episode, um, on Amazon Prime, the rom-com, I think, portion of, like, Bookstagram and BookTok were all a flutter when mm-hmm. the, it was announced that there was a film being made of this, and then obviously when the trailer was released, I don't know, probably like a five or six weeks back now from when the movie came out. Everybody was going all crazy for it, so we figured that we would take a look at the adaptation today and talk about it. Talk about it. Um, So Red, White, and Royal Blue, like I said, was just released August 11th of 2023, and currently, as of today, is sitting at a score of 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So this is going to be like an interesting one, I think, for us to talk about. This is another one of those instances where one of us has read the book and one of us hasn't. I decided since the film was coming out and rom-coms are like such a sort of easy breezy read. Beautiful. (laughs) I realized it as I was saying it. Uh, I figured that I would, I hadn't gotten around to reading the book yet, despite like how like virally popular it was. It dropped in 2019 and it was like one of the biggest releases, I want to say, of that year, particularly in the romance sphere um so I figured that I would actually get around to reading it it gave me a really good excuse to do so Uh, and I read it a few weeks back and I really enjoyed it I get it like it was a really really fun really sweet rom-com that addressed like some interesting issues actually Mm -hmm. um and so I had figured why not so I guess going in I had like you know like a decent amount of hopes going into the adaptation of it and I guess while I will say that like there were portions of it that were like, you know, pretty cute. And overall, like the leads were pretty good and the chemistry between them was good. There was, there were so many parts of the story that were kind of left out or changed in a way that I, I guess I don't really, I don't really gel with that well. Like it's not to say that it was terrible and I know I get it. Okay. It's not the book. It's only a movie. You only have two hours to tell the story. So obviously you're going to focus a lot more on sort of the main plot points, Mm. but there's so much interesting, I guess, conflict that's woven into the book that was really, really cut down quite a lot, sometimes because of missing characters and sometimes just because of missing like plot points entirely Mm. that I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. You were, you were disappointed about that, weren't you? And it, 
based on what you were saying while we were watching it, it kind of sounds like they left out a lot of the strong, like, female characters. Yeah, they really did, I will say. So, okay, to give anyone an overview who doesn't really know anything about the book or about the movie, although you should probably, you know, go read it. (laughs) Just go watch the movie. Just go watch the movie if you want to, yeah. Um, Red, White, and Royal Blue basically tells a fictional romantic tale between the son of the President of the United States named Alex Claremont and the fictional Prince of England named um, Henry. So... It's supposed to take place over, like, yeah, that's it, about a year or period or so from kind of, like, the start of their crossing over from enemies' territory into the lovers' territory is basically what it is. It does have an enemies-to-lovers well, element to it a bit. more. really enemies? More in the I book. mean, based on the... Okay, I was going to say, in the movie, they're not really enemies. They're just kind of like, oh, you annoy me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you now. Yeah, I think it's supposed <laughs> to... I think it's supposed to give you that I, that impression, basically. But yeah, the um, basically everything kind of... They kick everything off um, in the film at Prince Philip's wedding. So Philip is Henry's older brother. He's getting married, and so they kind of kick everything off there. You learn that Alex and Henry had previously... Like, they've met a few times at different, like, political events over the years. Uh, but they don't like each other very much. Mm. Like, they don't seem to get along very well. They don't... They kind of just, like, ignore each other. And that's pretty much all there is to it. And Alex seems to have a lot of resentment towards Henry, which you're not really sure why Mm. of at first. But then you realize he's kind of snubbed him at events over the years. And Alex has taken that kind of hard, so... Yeah, and, like, again, like, from a movie standpoint, like, it's just funny because Alex has this whole attitude of, like... Henry's snobby and like he should have been there for me and like I'm this working class hero and you're just kind of like you live in the White House yeah like, like you're not doing and they do <laughs> at least at least they actually address it yeah. a little bit where like his dad at one point is like um yeah he's like you live in the White House so yeah. like I was glad that they addressed that because he really does have a chip on his shoulder yeah he does he has like a little it's a little it's a little much yeah. <laughs> um yeah so you know they get into a little bit of that's at a back and forth at the wedding, which of course leads to some rom-com hijinks in which the entire wedding cake is toppled over. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. And falls cake, giant cake falls on top of them. Oh boy. Um, Like writhing around on the floor. Yeah. And of course, because it's like a Royal Prince and the son of the president, obviously this causes like a whole scandal. Of course it's in the tabloids. It's all over the place. And so uh, because the president, so this is basically a world, in which I will give Casey McQuinston wrote this novel and like just retconned the entire Trump administration by doing so because I think the way that they make it sound is that basically um, Ellen Claremont who's the president in the novel was elected right after the Obamas basically like she was direct she was elected right after Obama left office and I was like oh she was the candidate we needed <laughs> yeah that would have been a great follow-up actually yeah. the first female president that would have been great anyway that's not what we wound up with but I appreciate that the author was like yeah you know what For, I don't even want yeah. I don't even want to talk about it <laughs> yeah so she's in the middle of her first term and awaiting the next election which mm. is very like coming up within the next year to see whether or not she'll be re-elected so obviously they have a whole bunch of work that they're doing a whole bunch of campaigning that they're focusing on and Alex really wants to be a part of it but they tend to like push him off to the side a little bit more and not really let him get that involved in things Uh, partially because it does seem like there are times where he doesn't really seem like he takes that much very seriously but Mm -hmm. he is legitimately interested in participating in all of this Uh, 
this is the first in, like major change that I noticed. Um, for anybody who's read the book, you'll know there's no June in this movie. Mm. Um, which is interesting because I was like, wow, June's yeah, like, you a, were very disappointed. I was like, no right June. Here. Well, there's like a whole, so there's a whole thing. So the way that like the friend group works in the novel, Alex and his older sister, June are friends with Nora, who is, I believe actually technically in the book, the daughter of the vice president. They don't actually explain who she is though. In the they movie. say she's it's in passing. Around, it's in passing. Around. They say she's the granddaughter of the vice president. Literally. It's like a one line, like a throwaway line in the film that they yeah. say it. I saw, I heard it in like one newscast and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the three of them make up like the little white house three and like, you know, and the press loves oh, them. Cause white of course house it's like all three. the kids of, you know, the people who are in charge of the country basically. Yeah. Uh, but there's no June in this. So they kind of, they seem to try to give Nora like some of June's qualities and sort of how she's around so much in terms of like listening to Alex and like, you know, like letting him lean on her and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's, I don't know, if you roll these into one character, they also gave her, like, no screen time at all. She's in, like, three scenes in the entire film. Yeah, she has, like, a couple of, like, quirky lines, and then she's not there. Like, it really is very much focused on um, Alex and Henry, yeah. which I understand. Like, I appreciate that. Um, but I just felt like it kind of seemed that in reality they would need a lot more friends and people to rely on yeah in this kind of situation and they just kind of cut them all out yeah they were like yeah no it's fine we don't have any we don't have any friends and you're like that's that's weird support group no that's it so yeah yeah, so that's the first thing there's no june and um after the debacle so of course after the debacle at the wedding Alex is given this little PR mission basically to like smooth things over um, with the prince and with seemingly like the public in the UK, I guess, even though I'm like, they're ma- they're making it seem like it's affecting their trade deal. And I'm like, it's cake at a wedding. Like <laughs> <laughs> Their trade deal. I totally missed that. It's like, what is this? Like the Victorian era? Yeah, it's very strange. I, like they like say something about it and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what why? Why would knocking over a cake at a wedding have anything to do with the political landscape? But the trade. Landscape. I don't know. They say, I remember there being a line about that. And I was like, I'm confused. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, so um, he's given this assignment by Zara, who's like basically uh, the president's chief of staff, who's played by the woman who was in Sex Sex Life, Life, which is its which is its own thing. We could make entire episodes about that fucking show. I quite like that show personally. (laughs) I only watched the first season. It was so much to take. Oh yeah, there's like more in the second season. Oh, I can only imagine. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, so. So yeah, Zara, I would, I think that Zara, like as far as the side characters are concerned, is probably the closest to what I would have imagined that character to be like in a movie. Well, she did a great job. Like she was like one of the most like, um, memorable characters. Like she was quite, she was funny. She was good at what she was doing. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. So she sends him on basically like, that's it, like a PR mission back to London, uh, you know, where he and Henry get to have like more banter of just like, you're annoying, you're annoying. (laughs) I know there's so much of that back and forth. Yeah, that's it. So they do that a little bit. They go and um, visit a hospital with a bunch of sick kids. And um, there is like a noise that sounds like gunshots at one point. And of course we have more like rom-com tropey moments where they're shoved into a small space together mm-hmm. and they're like half on top of each other and they're like, get off me, get off me. Near, near, near. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> 
And then, of course, like, you know, Alex reveals that that's it. Basically, the first time that he met Henry, um, Henry was very sort of like standoffish and flippant towards him. Um, and Henry admits that this part of this is because he never really liked speaking to anyone at the time because his father had recently passed away, like maybe a few months before all of this mm. was happening. So he was like, I was kind of a shit to everyone. Mm. But obviously it was not cool. So, um, yeah, I just, I felt like that was just such a non-conflicty conflict. I know. Like, I feel like someone who is Alex, who's like the president's son would not care this much about like an interaction that was not even that insulting yeah, like that many years ago like you just let it like roll off you yeah you probably point. I don't even think you would care that much yeah I don't know anyway so of course they get to have like their little moments where they're like I guess forming a friendship quote yeah. unquote um or starting to um act a little bit more civil towards There's each a other. a montage of them texting. Yes, after. that's it, because um, Alex comes back to the States, and then he gets, like, a message from someone. It turns out it's Henry, and then they start talking just about all kinds of stuff. They start yeah. getting to know each other. They're texting back and forth about things. They speak on the phone a little bit and yeah. stuff and start to cute. form, like, more of a relationship with each other. Um, and all of this is leading up to uh, what will lead up to basically is Alex's New Year's Eve party that he always has where he's like, well, you're supposed to, you know, come to my New Year's Eve party because it's, of course, according to the tabloids, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you need to come and you need to like, you know, make an appearance and make it look like you and I are actually like close and everything like that. And they have legitimately been getting close because they're talking yeah. all the time. As per the montage. Yes. Um, <laughs> I will shoehorn in that technically you would have seen, like, read this, I guess, earlier in the book, but there is, like, a character that is com technically replaced by another character in the film, um, and it creates so much less conflict in the movie or in the book in the movie it, it creates so much less oh, conflict really? in the movie to have it be this character and not a different the one Miguel so, guy yeah so in the film we've seen a couple of times that obviously Alex isn't like entirely sure or hasn't really questioned his sexuality I don't think that much mm, he before just kind of goes with the flow. he's kind of gone with yeah that's it no. he goes with the flow basically and he has had like minor hookups with a couple of different guys one of them is this a uh, political reporter named Miguel, who... And, like, reporter used very loosely. Here. Well, he has, like, a blog that's really popular. Yeah. Anyway, who um, is uh, a little a little too thirsty, like, calm down. Because <laughs> um, every time he sees him, he looks like he's, like, licking his lips, he's and you're like, like can you relax? Like, it's as if he were, like, a baboon, like, showing his bum off. Yeah, know? that's the reason. And he's like, hey, should... Like, every... He's always insinuating, like, hey, should we go somewhere and fuck, basically. Yeah. And you're like, all right, calm Alex down. Like, like um, you made out no. one time, relax. Yeah. Too thirsty. <laughs> Too thirsty. <laughs> anyway, uh, but in the, so in the novel, there is no other pseudo love interest. The character that exists in the novel, his he's a congressman. His name is Rafael Luna. Mm -hmm. He's older than Alex. He's like in his late thirties, mm -hmm. and Alex really looks up to him because he's a. Um, openly gay Latinx congressman who really works a lot for like working class communities oh, yeah. and smaller communities oh, and see. more disenfranchised that communities. Would be more believable yeah. based and so on his character. There winds up being this really big I'll I'll talk about it a bit later there, but there winds up being this really big conflict that occurs later on in the course of the story that Raphael is involved in and it's so much 
there's so much more to it, I yeah. guess. So, cause basically all we're getting right now is a really thirsty reporter and you're yeah. like, where is this going to go? What will that mean later? Well, I mean, you can pretty much tell that he's going to be the one who's like scandal. Yeah, of course. So, um, at New Year's Eve, Henry shows up for the party. They're having an okay time, but he seems uncomfortable for mm-hmm. like large portions of it. And that's also because it's like a big fancy party with a whole bunch of young people running around all over the place and a whole bunch of girls throwing themselves at Alex because he's young and hot and the president and the president's son. So Fantastic obviously, eyelashes. oh my God, oh. guys, he's played by what's his name? Taylor Zakar Perez, I think is the actor who plays Alex. He has the most beautiful fucking eyelashes I have ever like seen in fans. my life. They're fabulous. They are fabulous. <laughs> I had- he's got great. I had a, um, oh God, you and your hands. (laughs) I had a, um, I forget where this came from. I had a boyfriend years ago who had really, really long eyelashes, very much like that. And I, it was a friend of ours and I forget who it was, but she said, and I guess she's correct. If you think about it, she was like, yeah, you've got these really long eyelashes, like a cow's eyelashes (laughs) because cows have these really, really long eyelashes and so now every time I think about it in my head I'm always like oh god it's like cow cow eyelashes I love it yep so anyway (laughs) Alex and his beautiful fucking eyelashes um is noticing that Henry is acting strangely sort of and uncomfortable with the whole situation after the countdown to midnight happens. That's it. A couple, again, everybody's drunk. Everybody's having a good time. And a couple of, it's a party and a couple of random girls come up and kiss Alex, of course, like after they, after they count down from 10, right? Every, like, you know, they do it. They do a happy new year kiss, whatever. And Henry gets visibly upset and leaves the party. And he's like, okay, what the fuck? So he follows him outside and they have this whole conversation. Um, where Henry, of course, can't express himself correctly. So instead of doing so, he kisses Alex, like, very sort of unexpectedly. (laughs) And Alex says later on that it made him... Oh know my. the difference between rugby and football. Yes, he was like, um, he, what was it? He grabbed my hair in a way that <laughs> that made me realize the difference between rugby and football. And great. I laughed. It was great. That was a really funny line. It was a good line. That, let me chuckle. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they have a kiss. And then, of course, Henry immediately takes off without another word. And then just doesn't talk to him. Like, then there's a whole montage and then of goes, Alex, like, messaging him, like, in... January, February, and like he keeps messaging him and he's just ignoring him. And it's just not a nice thing to do. No. So there's a very large political dinner that happens that Henry's attending, um, along with obviously the president, Alex would have been going as well, and um, the UK prime minister also. Mm. Uh, So at that event that's sort of where he's like okay I need to talk to him we need to clear the air so that's where he has that whole thing so he has his I forget the character's name but that his really funny secret service agent she's hilarious oh, she's so good she's really good yeah um he's like I need to speak to him privately yeah. she, so she gets them into like one of the is there, the uh, red room yeah can somebody confirm to me is there a red room in the white house that I don't I don't know anything about American history or what the white house looks like really out, other than the outside of it and the oval office which is in every political show yeah. and film ever I don't know. Maybe but there is like a sexy red room. Maybe there is a red room <laughs> and we just don't know anything. We're Canadian. I'm so like 50 shades of gray, red room, like red room, room of pain. pain. <laughs> it's my playroom. What? Like with your Xbox like and with stuff. Your Xbox and stuff. <laughs> God, that book was terrible. So stupid. Oh, God. <laughs> We're digressing. Anyway, <laughs> so Henry comes into the red room and of course, like, because this is a rom-com, we're not going to have like a whole conversation. They immediately start making out. 
um, <laughs> which the Secret Service agent interrupts, and she's like, oh, God, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> she's, okay. so, she's like, oh, nope. Nope. She's like, like, oh, God. And she spins around and leaves the room, which I don't yeah, blame her don't for. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't Plausible deniability. Yes. I don't want to know that there is a member of the royal family <laughs> in the first son or making out in a like, no, thank you. No, this is too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, uh, they have, like, this little funny moment, where, which, again, is a very, like, rom com thing where Alex is, like, at, like, midnight, you're going to come upstairs to my room on the second floor, and I'm going to do really dirty things to you. And Henry's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, which is pretty much what happens. You know, he goes up there, and they do what they do. Side note, I did not enjoy Henry as a character. Ugh. Like, I just, I think it's because the actor was in Purple Hearts, and he didn't have this, like, weird tuft of blonde Remember hair. that, guys? We talked about that movie a while ago. Purple Hearts a while ago. I didn't have any beef with him when he was in Purple Hearts. I thought he was quite cute and he did a good job as an army private or whatever. But in this one, he's got this big tuft of blonde hair that made him look like Macaulay Culkin (laughs) if he had never gone off the deep end. (laughs) Halfway through the movie, she's like, she's like, I'm looking at his face and it's like he looks like Macaulay Culkin if Macaulay Culkin looked the way he was supposed to right now. (laughs) And I was like, oh. It's like if Richie Rich had grown up yeah that is what he he what we thought he was going to look like yeah what he probably should have looked like (laughs) no no shade no tea there macaulay no no you're fine you're doing you're okay you're doing great sweetie (laughs) (laughs) while he's off the drugs probably i I don't know i don't know i mean he's got a kid now and stuff oh good for him i I hope he's doing okay i think so like but anyway (laughs) anyway (laughs) um yeah so of course she told me this and now i can't get it out of my head it's true he looks exactly like him yeah i guess i guess yeah i guess i see it i hope you all see it too now if you watch the movie i want someone else to like tell me if they see it as well anyway um so you know that's it so they fool around and then they're like i think we should continue doing this because obviously we're having a good time with it so we get like an, again another little montage of kind of like a couple of different instances in which they are meeting up for xyz reason where it's like oh, i'm going to this like charity polo match and then you're going to come to this kind of thing um and they're able to sneak away for a few minutes at a time to yep. kind of like that's it actually fool around a bit yep this leads to the first night where they actually have sex yep. and i kind of appreciate that there was like a conversation had about it like you know because like okay like that's it Alex's character is just coming to the realization that he's bisexual and he's never had sex like had all the way yeah that's it had like that's it had like penetrative sex I should say with a man before so he's like I don't like who's gonna do what like (laughs) who does what I don't actually know I've not I've never done this before and I was like I mean I think it's actually good that this bit of dialogue is in the film so that we don't think that everyone just knows what to do (laughs) gentlemen get in position (laughs) (laughs) you know where you go like can you imagine well it's true though I mean like I mean god like even think about yourself like no matter no matter what your sexual orientation is think about yourself when you were younger and you had sex for the first time like yeah you understood the mechanics of it but like actually doing it you're like what the hell do I do oh it's so oh man I don't I've never met anybody who's told me that their first time wasn't awkward as fuck like it's so uncomfortable (laughs) afterwards you're like oh was that it then like that's where you go yeah you're like nice knowing you what do we do now like I don't know everybody's uncomfortable you don't know what you're doing you don't know how to participate in what's happening I'll just stand over here and you show me what we should be doing 
No, but it was good. It was like a good exchange. It kind of like humanized them a little bit. And uh, yeah. And this movie was rated R. And like ahead of time, Megan and I were very curious to see. We were like, it why? Like, why is, is it, it rated R? Is it because there's like really explicit sex scenes or is it because it's like two men? men. I, I would say a little column A, a little column B. Like I wouldn't say that they're very like obvious sex scenes, but like. Like more they, than they normally do, I, I guess. guess. Yeah, to an extent, yes. But it's true that I do think that I do think that there's a, definitely an element in there yeah. because this is a uh, like a gay romance specifically, yeah. and there are two men involved. I do think that that has a lot to do oh, with definitely. it. Yeah. As well. Yep. So, um, yeah. So of course, you know, that's it. We've kind of now that this has happened between the two of them. Um, they kind of have to figure out like how they're going to make this work, like yeah. how they're going to do this. Um, and this does lead to a, a really funny um, scene again with Zara. Cause she's funny. Oh, she's hilarious. Uh, where that's it. Of course, since the president's on the road to reelection and campaigning, Alex has been, um, putting forth the idea of flipping Texas from like oh. red to blue. Side which, note, the, President is meant to be from Texas, but oh, her yeah. accent, I don't know, if there are any Texans listening, can you please tell me if her accent sounds like a Texan accent to you? Because it, it sounds more like so weird. Georgia. Like, like Georgia, <laughs> or like Louisiana, or something. Something a little, you know, just a lot more deep south. Yeah, it was, it was so very, like, inc- like it was very, like, like lilty it wasn't like yeah. twangy the way that i would yeah. expect a texas <laughs> accent yeah, to sound i don't yeah. even know how else to describe it and like we're not experts i don't know I i've don't never know. i've never been to texas so i could be talking out of my ass right now i have no idea that's what i'm saying if somebody's listening can you please tell us I, but i would know. yeah i would love it if somebody would clarify yeah. specifically <laughs> so that we know um yeah so he so basically Alex goes off to Texas also this obviously also this film and the story in general posits a magical world in which Texas becomes a democratic state which is a really interesting idea oh that magical world where Trump didn't win that first time and then yeah (laughs) yeah and then maybe things got a little bit a little bit better a little bit more quickly I don't know anyway um so he's gone so Alex has gone off to Texas to help with campaigning and to do all kinds of things in his home state because they're from Texas uh and Henry winds up going to visit him while he's there and they again that's it hook up in a hotel and then the next morning Zara shows up because you know Alex has like back-to-back like interviews and appearances and all kinds of stuff right now and um Henry tries to hide in the closet mm-hmm. and she, which also that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which also, so of course she, you know, comes in, she's looking around, of course she's going, she's like, I can hear someone else in here. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? And of course she opens. She's like worried that this person hasn't signed. Yeah. An she's NDA. like, um, she's like, you haven't told anyone about her. I'm sure she hasn't signed a fucking NDA. So like God knows if she's in here with her phone, she could be transmitting like information to other people. Yeah. Cause she's, you know, she's doing her job. Of course. So she, <laughs> hears like a noise opens the closet and of course Henry's in there and she's like what the f- yeah. what the fuck <laughs> it's a great moment it's she, like oh my god she's like hyperventilating mm-hmm. anyway so she and she has like this whole funny thing where she's like we're we're going off to these interviews you better be ready in like five minutes mm-hmm. and you if any reporters catch you leaving <laughs> this place I will brexit your head from your body <laughs> yeah. 
many good lines in this movie. Most of them are hers, <laughs> yeah, honestly. It's true. <laughs> so, so, um, that, so anyway, the next time that they decide to get together again, it's just like, there's like a lot of little interspersed things too, of just like, you know, Henry dealing with his family and being bored and Alex like doing more campaigning stuff, but it's not really like key to the plot. Not as well, it is much more in the book I find, but yeah. in the film it was like me, whatever. This is just yeah. like stuff to take up screen time, which you True. could have done with some of this other conflict guys. I yeah. think it would have been good to include some of it. So, yeah. um, uh, Labor Day weekend comes up and Alex invites Henry out to Texas to the vacation home that they have with his dad. And he's also come out to his mom at this point, which <laughs> is nice. fine. Oh, she doesn't care. She, she does, does not, not care. care. She just starts talking about being safe with sex. Oh my God, she's so cute where she's like, you know, like she's if you're so like... so like up to date on how to have safe... I know. Like, like yeah. safe, like that's it. Like yeah. safe, like gay sex, basically. Yeah. She's so funny about it. She's yeah. just there and she's like, you know, we can get you on True Nevada. And then if you know, like you if you're... The HPV. If, yeah, if you're bottoming, you're going to need the HPV <laughs> vaccine. And I'm like, wow, she's really knowledgeable about <laughs> this. Good for her. Um, and he's like, Jesus Christ, mom. Yeah. So they have like that awkward moment that no one wants to have with their parents Pretty ever. Much. And she even makes like a cute comment where she's you know she's like well we didn't cover this stuff when I gave you the talk which is my fault for being short-sighted <laughs> yeah. about that and I was like that's a really nice thing yeah, for know, a mom yeah. to say yep. um yeah so uh so they all head out uh with Nora and um Percy who's Henry's best friend who also much more fun character in the book he's fun he's really quirky in the book he actually has a romance with June the sister. Well, don't they try and make it seem like he likes Nora? But they, they do, don't, but they but never. They you never see them together on screen. Yeah. They don't do anything with it. It's meh. Like it meh. just it it means nothing. It goes nowhere. But in the book, they yeah. actually do have like some back and forth, and it's it's more fun anyway. Again, they cut a lot of like the side characters, which again it makes sense for time's sake, but sucks that there weren't like more yeah it's almost like you wanted this to be like a three-part mini series yeah, or something just like to give them the opportunity to, yeah, to do enjoy this enjoy the characters yeah you know? so uh they all anyway they all go out to texas they go to um a karaoke bar and have like a fun night with that yeah because nobody would recognize the prince in the a karaoke fucking prince bar. of england at this karaoke bar it's it's texas not tibet like mm. Even in Tibet, they would recognize the prince. Quite like, possibly, yes. Get on Twitter. Anyway, so, um, and he does come out to his dad, which, and again, so he's, so basically the whole contrast of it, right, is that Alex's parents are, like, supportive about all of this, and it doesn't bother them, whereas, of course, the royal family, on the other hand, like, oof, <laughs> no, no. We need Ed. Yes, and then the first major conflict comes when Alex starts talking about, you know, after his mom's reelected, he won't be as busy with all of this stuff going on, they'll be able to be out together in public, it won't matter, and Henry's, like, yeah, it will. Like, what? Like, also, ah. I don't know where Alex gets that idea. I'm like, this has nothing to do with your mom's re-election. This has everything to do with the fucking English royal family and how well, they're going to react to something like this. I don't know. Maybe, like, Henry just didn't talk about the expectations or implications as well as he should have. I don't think he does. Like, he doesn't really, because I think in his head, like, it's understood. Mm -hmm. yep. That's just what it is. It's never going to happen. So... Um, so of course, when this conversation comes up, Henry gets very uncomfortable and winds up leaving mm -hmm. early. Um, and then again, the ghosting happens. He's really good at just like not answering his phone. Um, and yeah, that would annoy me if I were Alex. Yeah. I'd be well, like, hey, like, so a whole week goes by with nothing. And then Nora's the one who suggests she's like, just go to England. She's like, yeah. you need to go talk to him, obviously. So just go to England, go sort this out. So he yeah. does. He shows up at Kensington Palace in the middle of the night. They have a little bit of an argument. A little bit. 
It's hardly an argument. It's like a toothless argument, but yeah. anyway. Um, and then a they discussion. sneak into the V&A museum together. Which again is another thing, like because in the in the book Henry has this whole thing where he like talks about the fact that he used to go to the V&A all the time with his dad, and it's like a thing because his dad passed away yeah. and stuff. And you're like, okay, yeah, like there's more to it than that. I mean, like all of Henry's backstory is mostly non-existent yeah. in the film in terms of like, yeah, you know, his dad passed away and he was really upset about it. In the book, his dad was a famous uh, film actor who played James Bond back in the day. I want to, I would assume, I guess, based on like timelines, it sounds because they were like it was a while ago, so it sounds like his dad was probably like Pierce Brosnan era James Bond. Like yeah, that, that, would that make sense. time yeah, span age and stuff. Yeah, yeah and like time sense. span basically. And then he married um, his mom, who is uh, the daughter of the king in this case. It's the queen in the book. So yeah, hmm. yeah. We don't see her at no, all. No, and this, she exists all. in the book, and she does have like a bit of a pivotal role in like the last act of the book. So I was like, but she doesn't exist at all in the movie. And I was like, okay, Again, they, they killed all the female characters. I know, and all the female <laughs> characters who actually do something yeah. as well. Well, including Weird. even the queen. I was like, really? You couldn't have just kept it a queen? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, they did have Stephen Fry as the king. And I'm not mad about it. No, so. I'm fine. I love Stephen Fry, <laughs> but I'm like, but he was also only in one scene. Yeah, so I, I was like, what was the point of this? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, they decide that they're going to find a way to make this work and that they really do love each other and they're going to, you know, that's it, try to push through this. What happens after Alex takes off is that we're basically within a few days, what we find out is that all of the emails that they've had back and forth between the two of them, where they've talked about all kinds of personal stuff, flirted a lot, mm. spoken like overtly sexually to each other as well, obviously, because again, these are private emails between two consenting adults. Um, so you think they were private. Are all fucking leaked to the press, which mm. is terrible, um, along with pictures of them like at the museum and stuff like that, obviously being like very intimate with one another. Yeah. Um, so this is all leaked and that's, this is, that's it. The, what's created in the movie is that, uh, this sort of like jilted reporter, I guess, Miguel, um, hacked all of the emails, found this stuff, posted it and wrote like this really intense, like article about it on his stupid website that people seem to like. And that made it a whole thing. Now, here's the, here's the situation in the book. Cause I feel like I have to explain this, explain this properly. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking forward to okay. hear what it was. So in the book, the congressman, Raphael Luna, mm. um, it's found out that despite the fact that he's like a democratic congressman and mm. is very, you know, open, like, you know, is obviously a full supporter of like LGBTQ rights and, um, like racial rights and all kinds of things like this. Um, he's decided to partner and run with the political opponent to the current president, like the Republican opponent, of the current president and like this is like a huge betrayal for Alex's family because they're like really close to this guy yeah. and they're like what the fuck and he's like running with the opposition and they're yeah. like since when like why is Jeez. that happening so that's a whole thing Alex is super pissed at him and they have like a couple of like arguments about mm -hmm. it where he like confronts him and he's like what the hell's the matter with you um and then but okay what winds up happening in the book is that where in the movie there's no there's no consequences for any mm. of the stuff being hacked. There's nothing in the book. Um, it's then leaked to the press afterwards that it's the opposition there, Senator Richmond or whatever his name is, 
it's his, it's discovered that they were the ones who hacked the emails mm. and did all of this and their reputation is ruined because of this, or at least to an extent, or at least it's not ruined, but you know, like it's discovered that they were the ones who did this in the first yeah. place. And it's discovered because Raphael went in there to find out what they were doing. And he's the one who leaked to the press that the hack came uh, from Richmond's office. See, that would have been a way juicier plot point. Yeah, so then they're able, like, you know, he and Alex are able to like like make up mm. as friends and everything like that later on as well. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, there was just, there was a lot more to the yeah. conflict. Whereas in this, it's like, oh, the emails are leaked. Oh, that's too bad. And that, like, you know, Alex gives, like, a really nice speech yeah. about, like, like our privacy him. should have been ours. We love each other, and that should be our business. Which I thought was really odd, considering that we're dealing with a prince on the other side, and, like, the palace would have been like, oh, I don't fucking think so. Like, yeah, like, you're definitely not releasing a statement yeah. like that. Yeah, like, he would have had to consult with what's-his-face first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so he goes, you know, he goes to England cause Henry's basically been like secluded in the house. Um, he goes to England and then the King asks to speak to both of them. And of course the King, you know, is directing, um, palace publicity to just simply say that this is all false information. Mm. It's not accurate, blah, blah, blah. Even though I'm like, Alex has literally confirmed it in a press mm. conference, but okay. Yeah. Um, but this is when Henry's like, no, he's like, this is the truth and we shouldn't be hiding anything like this. I'm allowed to have my own life. I'm allowed to be happy. I'm allowed to do what I want. Mm. Um, and of course the king is like, oh no, we can't do that with no good reason for it. We just can't do that because it's not the status quo. We have to maintain what's already here. And, um, all of this sort of culminates in his sister Beatrice or B, uh, also a character that's fully, fully cut down in the movie. Oh yeah. She has like three lines. She has like no screen time Mm -hmm. at all in the book. She actually, they talk about her, like her backstory, um, is that again, back when their dad had died, you know, Henry had kind of gone on into like, you know, a depressive state Mm -hmm. of sorts. And she was also really struggling and she struggled with a really severe, um, cocaine addiction, which was also found out by the press. And she was dragged by them. They used to call her like the powder princess and stuff like in all the tabloids and everything. And I was like, B has no fucking backstory in this either. And I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> again, I think this would have been better as like a three or four part miniseries. Like we would have really got to know the characters. We would have loved them. Yeah, it would have given us an opportunity to really see everyone. And we could have really fallen in love with the two main characters yes. too, which I found was a little lacking. Like, like no shade, no tea, Amazon, but you kind of dragged out the summer I turned pretty like yeah all that it could give and but you're not willing to do it with this this one has to be like a two-hour film and not like i know it's weird it's really strange Mm. um anyway yeah so they uh they stand up together basically against the king and of course are also basically informed at the same time that people are supportive of them that the public in general of course are they supportive are. of them of course and that it's fine yeah I, know, I fucking hope so although love know, is love love is love guys. <laughs> literally who cares oh god um, so many people yeah and uh <laughs> anyway ellen wins the election because they managed to sway texas which again we live in a fantasy world apparently where texas is now a blue state so that's 
that's something. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. That's nice, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then that's basically they get their little happily ever after right after she wins. That's pretty much like the end of the movie. They just go off. They do their little like bike ride together to his house in Austin, which is technically that is the way that the movie uh, the movie, the book ends, I mm-hmm. should say, is that they do that. They go riding through the streets um, and they go and they visit the house. But yeah, um, I don't know. It was just, that's it. It was just, it was so fast. And I yeah. was like, I'm just, I'm, oh, I read it recently. So I think I'm like extra disappointed because I yeah. was like, oh, where are all the characters? Where's all the screen time for these people? Yeah, I just felt like there was a lot of opportunity for this where like we could have really fallen in love with the characters, but they, they really cut it short. Yeah, that's it. And it just, it was everyone was so much like less quirky it was just like mm. very very like beige well it's because they had to get through the plot didn't they yeah that's the problem mm. right but again even then they cut down the plot in a way that I was like okay you could have kept this like a lot more a lot more interesting there mm. could have been a lot more going on that way so I just wish that they had stuck to that a little bit more Tough. yeah Anyway, have you guys checked out Red, White, and Royal Blue? Um, if you have, you can let us know over on Instagram and threads at fullybookedca. And you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. We're going to be back at you next week with another rom-com topic before the end of the month. But until then, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Ooh.